More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I got a thesis for you, Buck. I'm curious if you would buy it. Happy to have Buck back with us, fresh off the South Pacific honeymoon. Still getting adjusted to seeing him with a very clear wedding ring on the left hand as he's gesticulating during the course of the program. It's a brand, there it is, brand new world for everybody who's a VIP subscriber. Hold up the ring, Buck. You are officially a married man. Now back from a honeymoon. Hope Carrie's fantastic. Hope you guys had a great time. So, big thesis here. I think the biggest legacy of Trump, and I understand he may still be president in 2024, and we may have to adjust what that legacy is, but I think to a huge majority of Americans... Republicans and independents. What Donald Trump exposed in the new me- in the news media, and obviously with the the coinage of the phrase "fake news," is just how illegitimate, untrustworthy, and flat out biased the news media really is. And I'm not talking about people who share opinions. You and I share opinions every day. People can accept them. They can reject them. We're not claiming to be completely nonpartisan, right down the middle. We're just here to tell you what the news is, as many people in the news do. And I saw this clip uh, from Axios this morning, and I screenshotted it because it struck me as so interesting. Uh, and in particular, it shows, and the graphic is is phrased as, Americans who say the U.S. news media is unfavorable, and it's broken down by party. Uh, 79% of Republicans effectively say that the news media is a joke. But independence, Buck, is all the way up to 66%. So there's not very much difference now between how Republicans and independents see the news media. Meanwhile, Democrats, only 28% of Democrats have an unfavorable opinion of the news media. And that is, I think, because, by and large, Democrat 
false news narratives are propagated by people who claim to be unbiased journalists. And so Democrats, even if they don't acknowledge it, are being uh, seeing their opinions reflected in the news media. And Republicans and independents increasingly are saying, you know what, Trump was right. The news media is full of crap. You know, I just did, and for anybody listening on one of our fantastic affiliate stations across the country, uh, a deep dive with Mary Catherine Ham, who you also mm. know well. And this will yeah, go in the fantastic. clay. Yeah, she's great. It'll go in the Clay and Buck podcast feed. So this is, again, it's only on the podcast feed. So you've yes. got to subscribe to the Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show podcast feed on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcast. Um, it'll go up in uh, the next uh, day or so. But we talked about this, Clay, because she's coming to the very end. I think she has a few days left of her CNN contract. CNN has destroyed itself. And one one conversation we had was, was is it that, did Trump break them, uh, you know, ir- irretrievably, or were they already on the way to being broken and Trump gave kind of the final shove? Um, but as we know, Je- Jeff Zucker, who really ruled over there at CNN with a tiny iron fist, um, he, he's a guy, he's not a large fellow. He's yeah. a guy who, uh, if whatever he said was the law of the land, essentially over there and the whole place has come apart, uh, what do you do now? Because their whole brand was similar to, I think, what the New York Times brand was, which was supposed to be gold standard journalism. That's yes. what CNN for cable news was supposed to be. No serious person of any political persuasion believes that anymore or has believed that for at least six years. I mean, maybe you could say you haven't believed it for ever. But you certainly haven't believed it for the last six years. And look, it was different. It was different even six years ago. It was certainly different 15 or 20 years ago, CNN was. And, you know, I I think it's actually encouraging to see that the public recognizes that what you really have are warring political machines in the media now. And the difference is some people tell you, this is what I think, this is who I am, this is who I support, and there's still this, this sliver of legacy media that and maybe it's bigger than a sliver, but this chunk of legacy media that plays this game of we're just providing you with the truth. No, they are not. That is an and obvious lie. I saw this clip, and I I I know I shouldn't be surprised by how incompetent sometimes quote unquote mainstream. Although really, it's just a legacy. I think more than mainstream because this show is mainstream based on the tens of millions of people who listen to it, you know, every month. But when I saw this clip from Andrea Mitchell, she's interviewing Kamala Harris, and we know Kamala Harris is going to have a crazy word salad response. But listen to this clip. Andrea Mitchell says that Ron DeSantis has banned the teaching of the fact that slavery existed in Florida. Just listen to this question that MSNBC put out there. This is a question to Kamala. I cut her response because I'm far less interested in her response than the fact that a question like this could have ever existed. Listen. What does Governor Ron DeSantis not know of black history and the black experience when he says that slavery and the aftermath of slavery should not be taught to Florida school children? Buck, he never said this. 
They have been teaching slavery and the aftermath of slavery to every school child in America who studies history for as long as certainly, I bet anyone who is listening to us today has been alive. Certainly, I went to public school in Tennessee, K through 12, and the fact that slavery existed was taught in school and the aftermath of slavery was taught in school. The fact that Andrea Mitchell could ask that question is to me indicative one she is way past her prime and i don't know where her prime was but that question is so bad in terms of it just being so foundationally inaccurate but it's out there as if it's a truth based on the way that she asks it and it's such an important failure i mean i think nbc should have to apologize for that question and yet we both know that if anything that question serves her purposes and her network's purposes entirely. The point is not the truth. Everybody should recognize the point is not actually telling people what is factual. It's not being honest. It is to cater to the biases and neuroses of the left, of the Democrat, of the progressive, of the commie. That is what MSNBC exists to do. And so when they ask that question, you and I see it as, well, the question itself is a lie, but the it's lie crazy. is the point. The lie is not a mistake. This is why, ever, and people see this now, it's not that the bias of the media translates into errors that show the bias. The mission is now openly to do anything to help the Democrats and the left, and that includes lying, that includes misrepresentations. They, I mean, Russia collusion, I think, was the biggest example of this, where everybody who was a part of that, they got, I was going to say, uh, what it would, not Emmys. That's for TV. Oh, what the they, Pulitzers. Yeah. Pulitzers. So thank you. Yeah. They should have gotten Emmys for all no, the, they would have gotten the, Emmys if they could. All have. the uh, creativity in their acting. Remember, they gave, uh, Cuomo an Emmy because of his incredible, uh, communication skills. I mean, that's not he, even made up. He's a very good communicator. Andrew he, Cuomo, the governor, by the way, not Chris Cuomo, the fired CNN host. They made a special Emmy award for Andrew Cuomo because of his incredible communication skills to deliver to him at the Emmys. For those of you who have forgotten, I believe that was in early 2021. I would also note for everyone that back in the to the Andrew Mitchell question for a second, you know that there's something wrong with the argument of the side that has to lie to make their argument. And when they attack Ron DeSantis on these curriculum issues, they are lying to you. Because you and I will tell people, agree, disagree, what's going on in Ukraine? That's a matter right now of opinion. Do you think it's a good idea? Is Biden doing a good job, a bad job? We're not really contesting the facts. We're contesting the judgment, the wisdom of these things, right? We all know we're sending lots of money. and we're In the case of Ron DeSantis and what's going on in Florida, specifically with curriculum and the changes that were made to an AP African-American studies curriculum that the whole point is that it is submitted for people in you know who are supposed to do this to look at it and say yeah okay so they're not going to teach uh queer gender theory as part of this ap curriculum they're still teaching african-american studies they're still teaching all the same historical facts they must lie about it in order to make their argument because if people knew what was really going on in florida not only would they say hmm that seems sensible. They might say a premise of a question, which is 100% a lie, 
that they aren't teaching slavery or slavery's aftermath in Florida schools and that Ron Santis, DeSantis has prohibited it, how does that question ever reach Andrea Mitchell? I'm betting at 76 years old, and there's certainly an argument, by the way, that just like politicians who are over 75, as Nikki Haley said, uh, need to go in for cognitive treatment, a lot of journalists, uh, I-, I think as well, are past their prime in terms of being able to ask questions. She should have had an alarm bell go off in her head if one of her staffers gave this question and said, wait a minute, I'm asking a question premised on the idea that they aren't teaching that slavery, which then leads to whatever word salad response Kamala Harris gives because Andrea Mitchell failed in her job. And I think this ties in, Buck, to a large extent with why so many people out there do not trust the media. Because if we had Andrea Mitchell on today, she would be saying, oh, I'm nonpartisan. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm I'm a registered independent. I guarantee that would be her answer when she was asked about this interview. Well, then how do you make that egregious of an error in one of the premises of your questions, which completely undercuts your ability to be taken seriously? But this brings me back to it's not an error. Yeah, right. well, it's 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 only an error if you care about the facts, Clay, and they don't care about the facts, so they're actually doing the job the way they're 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 supposed to do it. That's how this yeah. works now, and that's why I think she deserves to be ripped to the high heavens because she's holding herself out there as an unbiased journalist who is not committed to one side or the other. I don't care about Rachel Maddow, right? Joy Reid. They might say stupid things on MSNBC. But they're clearly opinionated partisans who are acting, and that's the entire basis of their show. The Andrea Mitchells of the world are destroying journalism because they're pretending that they aren't partisan hacks. I, I think that it's good for everyone to see that the supposed neutral space and objectivity of journalism, just like the supposed neutral space and objectivity of so many institutions, professions, you name it, is a myth. It is a fable. That one side was telling the country for its own political advantage, and it has fallen away. It's collapsed to a large extent, um, and uh, and we're going to continue to follow it, but Andrea Mitchell should be ashamed of herself. Tunnel to Towers delivers on its promise, this foundation, to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's heroes have made for us. Heroes like U.S. Air Force Senior Master Sergeant Israel Del Toro, Jr., He promised his father he'd take care of his family, and he promised his son that he'd be there with him as he grew up. When his Humvee exploded in Afghanistan, he suffered severe burns over more than 80% of his body. With only a 15% chance of survival, Del Toro focused on the promises he made to his family. Later, he became the first fully disabled airman permitted to re-enlist and a gold medal winner in the Invictus Games. Now... He shares his story to help others. Thanks to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation and your generosity, Del Toro received a mortgage-free smart home. The home has a myriad of smart features to help him live his life more independently. Help heroes like Del Toro when they need it most. Join us in donating $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Make an appointment with the truth. 
Tune in every day to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, we started out the show talking a bit about uh, Biden's speech today in Poland and Biden really does have this he has this habit and I think we have a soundbite of of him here saying it um, that he's somebody who he he does this weird oh I identify with this certain community let's play play clip three here this is Biden in Poland here play three the connection between Polish and American people is extremely strong and deep. I was kidding with the president. I was, uh, as a young man, I was uh, born in a coal town of Scranton, Pennsylvania, northeastern Pennsylvania, in an Irish Catholic neighborhood. Then when coal died, we moved down to Delaware, to a town called Claymont, Delaware, which was a working class town. And, uh, but everybody in town was either Polish or Italian. I grew up feeling self-conscious. My name didn't end in the SKI or an O. Okay, so so Biden was self-conscious that his he didn't have a Polish last name. Uh, grew up in and among the Puerto Rican community of Delaware, which he says is very large. 
<laughs> and also there grew cannot up, be very many Puerto Ricans in grew, Delaware. We he also say. grew up. He claimed there's all there. I just, I've just seen the audio of this. He grew up going to a black church. Yes. So Biden wished he was Polish. Grew up among the Puerto Ricans of Delaware and attended a black church in his youth. Or he just makes up all these stories and everyone lets it go because he's a clown. Joe Biden might be the biggest liar in presidential history. By which I mean everything that he says is easily refutable, right? Like the whole corn pop story, which I think may be the wildest story that any president has ever told in my lifetime. Just delusional, clearly riddled with dementia. But yes, Biden claims that he has ethnic connections with every different group in America. And the black church thing is really wild because he says it and there's no evidence that it ever occurred. I mean, it's like, you know, he went to Africa and claimed that he got son died in Iraq serving there. It didn't happen. He continues to lie about that. He said his wife got run into by a drunk driver. He's already had to drop out of one presidential run because of plagiarism. He said that Barack Obama was one of the most first black guy who was nice and articulate. Remember that? which killed his 2008 campaign. I mean, the guy's a clown. It's totally true. You know where I'm heading today, friends, now that I'm back from abroad? The gun store. And I'm going to be going to the range soon. I'm picking up a fabulous, actually, a, a rifle and a handgun today. But I'm excited to go to the range. You know why? Because I've been training with my Mantis X system. So you got one at home. I love it. It's so effective. 94% of Mantis X users improve their shot in less than an hour's time and only continue to improve from there. Get one of these for yourself online. Saves you money because you don't have to always be using live ammo at the range to get better. Mantis X is a must-have. Go to MantisX.com to improve your shooting accuracy today. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com, MantisX.com. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We had Nikki Haley on the show Friday, I believe. Uh, and the week she announced she's now officially running for president of uh, the United States. Buck, you missed our good friend Don Lemon saying that Nikki Haley was past her prime because she was not in her 20s, 30s, or 40s, which was, frankly, ridiculous and funny. And now Don Lemon is going to have to enter into a form of uh, training. I, I don't know. what There was not explained what sensitivity training Don Lemon is going to have to enter, um, although I would love to watch Don Lemon having to take sensitivity training. I mean, that would actually be probably be a higher-rated show than uh, the morning show that he's currently on, which is floundering for CNN. But it was part and parcel of a pretty direct and consistent attack on Nikki Haley. But I thought MSNBC was actually the worst because they essentially reran the LA Times headline of Larry Elder, who was the blackface of white supremacy, if you if you remember that L.A. Times uh, sterling article. Here was Nikki Haley getting attacked for being a brown face in a white supremacist body or something. Listen. For white supremacists and racists, she's the perfect Manchurian candidate. And instead of applauding her, 
I am just disgusted by people like Nikki Haley who know better. What does she do like all these model minorities, which by the way is a strategy of white supremacy to use Asians in particular as a cudgel against black folks. Instead of pulling us up from the bootstraps and pulling others from the bootstrap, we're taught to take your boot and put it on the neck of poor browns, immigrants, refugees, and black folks. And that's what she did in her ad. So I see her and I feel sad, Mehdi because she uses her brown skin as a weapon against poor black folks and poor brown folks. And she uses her brown skin to launder white supremacist talking points. I mean, this person is is a lunatic. Can we just, but this is mainstream thinking on the left now that you can say things like this and that you can accuse non-white people who speak about merit, hard work, the meritocracy, uh, the growth and prom- rather the uh, growth possibilities and promise of America and land of opportunity, any of that stuff. And you can be accused by the left as a non-white person of speaking in favor of white supremacy. First of all, I mean, Nikki Haley is somebody who pulled down the Confederate flag, right? She I mean, that, when she was governor. Which I, you know, which, by the way, there are some people who say who, you know, there are people who argue about that whole thing. And that's, but I'm just saying, you would think that they would have to give one example, or they should at least give one example of in what way is she a white supremacist? Now, I'm not a big fan of Nikki Haley policies, but she's not a white supremacist. And it is abhorrent to say that. Um, and to get away with it, but, you know, the left has created such a, a narrative on, uh, on the issues. They used to use the term intersectionality, you know, which really they've kind of dropped. Intersectionality is their view of the world, which is that all groups, all races, all genders are in a interlocking series of oppressive states with each other or oppressive levels with each other. Some are more oppressed than others. Everybody's at some. It's a pyramid of victimization. Yeah, it's a pyramid of victimization. Intersectionality. They've stopped using that phrase because it didn't really catch on. But that really is how they see the world. And it does force a lot of us to sit here and say, why are they so spiteful? And why are their arguments so weak on the left? It's racist. To judge somebody based on the color of their skin. Democrats are racist, right? Like this this uh, argument circle that we're in right now, Buck, is a lot of the things that are said on the left now would have been talking points in 1950s America for racist, right? They, they've come full circle to readopt many of the same talking points, right? I mean, if you think about the idea of universities, for instance, as having segregated spaces where the races must be separated we we were kind of back to that separation of the races argument it's crazy uh also this ties in with the argument that we saw uh thursday i think it was in the georgia legislature of last week that it would that clarence thomas was an uncle tom and that was why he could. That's literally what they said on the floor of the Georgia legislature, and therefore he didn't deserve to have a statue uh, in the uh, pantheon of heroes there in Georgia, despite the fact that he grew up in poverty and risen all the way to the Supreme Court. But two big points here that I think utterly refute the idea of America as a racist country. One, think about how many immigrants who are all, by and large, brown-skinned, right, percentage-wise, are willing to die to get here. 
That would seem like a really poor choice if you were going to a supremely racist country. Second, and I think this needs to be hammered home. I wish more Republican elected officials would discuss it. Do you know who the highest earning race and ethnicity is in the United States today? I do. Asian men. Asian Americans. Asian men are making about 50% more than white people. Asian women now have passed white men, I believe, on weekly earnings as well. That would seem to be a huge flaw in white supremacy if Asian, many of whom recently immigrated to this country, can now make more money than white people. Well, that's also, as you heard there from that commentator, why they, they say the model minority uh, model minority framework, which is used as a tool of, of white supremacy. This is fascinating. The white supremacist system of America that the left rails against elevates uh, non-white individuals on such a massive level that they out-earn their white counterparts now yes. nationwide in some categories. And that's all some big scheme. It's not because we actually just have a land of opportunity where if you work hard, uh, stay married, go through school, get married, stay married, go through school. It, all the social, socioeconomic data you can show proves that there are a few things you can do. You will not be in poverty. You will be in the middle class, yep. and you'll keep rising through the middle class. There is no refutation to this other than racism, racism. They scream racism all the time. And in this case now, they're screaming that there's a scheme. Uh, who is behind the scheme, by the way? To yes, use the model question. minority... Uh, narrative to make it seem like there's actually opportunity in America when there isn't for all minorities. But see, this is just insane because no, that is the model minority situation, as they call it, model minority, uh, shows that, I mean, Nigerian Americans out earn Nigerian immigrants to America yes. out earn the average American household. Is that also some scheme of the white supremacist right? What's also funny, Buck, is if Nikki Haley had lost her race to be the Republican governor of South Carolina, they would have said she lost because Republicans wouldn't embrace a uh, woman of Indian descent in that state because of racism and sexism, right? And so she wins, and then the argument becomes, well, she's just a cover for the racism and the set. They're going to argue racism and sexism no matter what. You know, when you go and, and read some of the great anti-Soviet uh, writers and, and dissidents, so you go and read uh, Solzhenitsyn, I think probably the great, one of the most important authors of, of the 20th century, right up there with, with George Orwell and a number of others. But you read them, Clay, and, and one thing that comes across is that in a Soviet system, everything comes back to this unfalsifiable logic of whatever we say has to be true and right, shut up. There's no actual persuasion. There's no facts, logic, anything else. It's shut up. The revolution is all that you need to know. And there's a very similar mindset with the diversity, equity, and inclusion crowd, where it's effectively a religious, it's a secular religious belief that is unfalsifiable, the answer to all things. And even when it falls into self-contradiction, it is still the only answer that is acceptable, just like with the Soviets when they were asked, oh, well, if if our system is so much better, why do the factories produce so much less? That's counter-revolutionary rhetoric. You must be an enemy of the state. In in our case, it's if our system is so racist, why do so many immigrants do so well and want to come here? Huh? Sounds like you're an enemy of the state, Clay. Sounds kind of sounds kind of racist. Focus have seized control of America's schools. 
Now a group of investment firms that Americans entrust with their pensions and retirements are playing woke politics with your money without our knowledge or consent. A few large investment firms, I'm talking about names you know, who control trillions of dollars of your money, are using those dollars to advance their woke ideology through a progressive social scoring program called ESG. They claim it promotes corporate responsibility. What they're really doing, though, is using Americans' hard-earned money to finance their political agenda, forcing businesses to comply or else. Some state leaders are fighting back, and more are joining, letting those investment firms know they can't play politics with our pensions. They can either do their jobs, maximize returns for shareholders, or get lost. To learn more, go to consumersresearch.org. They've been defending consumers against fraud and abuse for decades and still are. Consumersresearch.org to learn more about their mission to protect consumers from woke investment firms. That's consumersresearch.org. Geek out with the guys on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. A new episode every Sunday. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media. Spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we got a tweet, or I guess a truth. A truth. From the Trumpster. A truth, not a tweet. On Truth Social, just break, uh, just breaking here in the last uh, what last hour or so. Um, Florida, 
This is Donald J. Trump from his official account. Florida was doing great long before Ron DeSanctis got there. People are fleeing from New York to Florida and other places because of high taxes and out-of-control crime, not because of governor. Thank you, President Trump. DeSanctimonious. Rick Scott did great, and even Charlie Crist had very good numbers. Sunshine and ocean, very alluring. I am currently in Florida, Clay, so I want to weigh in on this for a second. Uh, sunshine and ocean, yes, very alluring, true. Attack situation, also Good combo, true. yeah. Those things have been around in Florida for my entire life, and even, I would wager, before that in terms of taxes. I don't know what the taxes were 50 years ago. Um, look, Trump has areas... We're going we're gonna to keep saying this. This is in the calling balls and strikes category, all right? There are places where Trump can make the case. There are fair game places for him to attack Ron DeSantis. The DeSantis isn't a good governor and Republicans aren't moving there because of him line is a, is a zero. It is a massive failure. It will do nothing to help him. I don't know who's advising him. They are advising former President Trump poorly on this. He is being poorly advised with this line of attack. Here's another one right before that, also attacking DeSantis. So interesting to watch Fox News cover the small and unenthusiastic 139-person crowd in Staten Island for DeSantis, but stay as far away as possible from coverage of the thousands of people, many unable to get in, at the Club 47 event in West Palm Beach, Florida. I call Fox News the Rhino Network, and their down big ratings accurately reflect the name. If fake news CNN was smart, which they're not, they'd go conservative and all Trump all the time, like in 2016, and become a ratings juggernaut. Uh, Trump on um, Truth Social, I did say uh, earlier today something that I 100% agree with. He said that he agrees with the mental competency test idea that Nikki Haley had floated out for people to prove that they are, you know, capable of being president of the United States. I would point out that's also the entire purpose of elections is that the, the, the desire of the election is to determine whether someone is fitting enough to be president. Now, it didn't work with Fetterman. It didn't work with Biden. And I think that speaks to the intense tribalization of our nature right now in this country that it really doesn't even matter to a certain segment of the population, the fitness for office. It's just about Democrat or Republican. I didn't get a chance to talk to everybody yet because I was uh, I was on vacation while this was going on uh, on honeymoon, I should say. Um, but the Fetterman checking himself in for uh, severe depression to the hospital and expected to be there for weeks on end. Look, I... I'm not his mental health counselor. I've never even met the guy. I don't know. I do feel like the chance that this is entirely uh, a depression issue and in no way related to his stroke and his his problems of, of cognition, I think that there is more than just depression going on. That's my sense of it. But also that you would elect somebody to the United States Senate who would have to be hospitalized for weeks on end and who knows how long, for severe depression, this is somebody who could theoretically be casting a vote for peace or war in the United States Senate. This is somebody who is casting votes on trillions of dollars of spending, on criminal laws that could send people to prison for decades, 
et cetera, et cetera. If they're in a state uh, emotionally where they have to be hospitalized for weeks on end, they should not be in the United States Senate. And the Democrats did this just shows the ruthlessness and the recklessness with which they approach electoral politics. I wonder what's going to happen because it feels highly unlikely that he's going to be able to serve anywhere near six years. So you now have a Democrat in the governor's office. So if Fetterman steps down, they could potentially appoint his wife, which has been the rumor out there for some time, to serve the remainder of his term until they got to 2024, at which point Pennsylvania would have a new uh, senator up for re-election there. I would just say that the Democrat response to this, let's say what you said, just you outlined right there, happens. Democrats will not be embarrassed by this. Their attitude about Fetterman, no matter what, will be, ha-ha, we pulled it off, and now we have another Democrat vote. It doesn't matter. They do not care. It, it won't matter no matter what happens to Fetterman's ability to finish out this job. And I just bring this up because I think that's instructive as well for how they're going to approach Biden's reelection. They yeah. don't care. If anything, I think they get a little bit of glee out of the sheer cynicism, the pure power politics of will, you know, Biden should have a blanket over his knees feeding the ducks. We all know it. And instead, he's running for commander in chief for four more years. I do wonder if there are toss up votes and it may be that the Senate doesn't really have any toss up votes because the House obviously is serving as a check. A lot of things may not get to Biden, but. At what point is Fetterman going to return? Remember, he had to hospitalize himself within a month of beginning this job. So at what point is he going to return? Because if you factor in Manchin and Cinema still, that is a situation where Democrats don't necessarily have control of the Senate. Now, maybe there aren't going to be that many significant issues that come up in 2023 and before the election in 2024. But it's hard for me to believe that Fetterman is going to be able to fulfill any of these jobs. And like I said, I saw uh, I saw our buddy uh, um, Dr. Oz at a party on Saturday at the Super Bowl. 100% able to do the job would have been representing Pennsylvanians on the Senate floor as needed now. Who's your favorite children's author, Clay? Oh, man. I'd go Road Dahl, Franklin, and we're going to talk about him next. You can Franklin answer that. W. Dixon, the Hardy Boys, probably. We're talking about this for a reason. Stick around. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.